about the great mystery of worship is that you, who created the heavens and the earth, you are here with us. So God, we pray that your spirit would open us up, open our ears and our eyes, our hearts and our minds, so that we can hear a word from you. And God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing to you, God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We are continuing our work in progress series. The basic idea is that God is working on each of us to transform us, to renew us, so that each of us can be like Christ. In particular, so that the character of Christ can fill us and flow through us out into the world. The work that God does in us is kind of like a renovation project. And in a renovation project, you have to take out all the old stuff before you can put new stuff in. And the reality is that all of us are filled with a bunch of old stuff. We've got old attitudes, old opinions, old prejudices, old wounds. And they take up space in our hearts and our minds and our souls. Space that rightfully belongs to God. Space that ought to be filled with Christ's character. So I ended last week's sermon asking you two questions. First, what needs to come out of you? What old, broken, dark, dysfunctional, uh, painful, harmful, hurtful things has gotten to scrape off of you or pull out of you so that you can be made new? So there's room to be filled with Christ's character. And the second question, what do you hope God will fill you with in its place? When all the old stuff is gone, knowing that God gives different gifts to different people, what do you hope God will put in you? We're going to read again from Romans chapter 12 this morning. Today's passage is the continuation of the one that we began last week. It's going to show us the fruit, the fruit that God produces in our lives, the, the stuff that God fills us with when all the old stuff is gone. I'm going to start at the beginning of the chapter and read again the few verses we read last week as, as a way to refresh our memory. So here's what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So God is always active and working in our lives. And our reasonable response to God's activity in our lives is to offer ourselves to God. That's when God can make us new, and that's what happens in verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. So the, the world, you know this, the world tells us that our desire should be to achieve and accomplish, and therefore boast about all that we've achieved and accomplished, because according to the world, everything's a competition. And the goal is to win, to be more, and to be better than everyone else. And if you're not winning, then you're losing. And that's the mold of the world. That's the mold of the world. And Paul says, don't be conformed to that mold, but instead be transformed. Because according to God, life is not a competition. It's not a zero-sum game. It's not about winning and losing. God's desire is not that you be in constant competition with the people around you. God's desire is not just that you achieve and accomplish. God's desire is that you be who God created you to be. Why? Paul tells us, verse 4, For as in one body we have many members, 
And not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ. And individually we are members of one another. God doesn't desire that we be identical to one another. So God gave you gifts that God didn't give to me. And God gave me gifts that God didn't give to you. And that's exactly how God wants it. Because it makes meaningful, mutually upbuilding relationships possible. God created us not so that we could compete with one another, but so that we could cooperate with one another. So that we could be together in meaningful, mutually upbuilding relationships. Because, like a body, when all the parts are working together, we are so much more than any of us is working on our own. Paul explains further, verse 6. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher and teaching, the exhorter and exhortation, the giver and generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. God gives each person different gifts and that's on purpose. So that we who are many can be made one in Christ. And that brings us to the rest of Romans 12, which is essentially a list of character qualities of we who are being transformed by God. It's a list of outward behaviors that are evidence that our hearts and our minds and our souls are being renewed in Christ's image. This is the fruit. This is the fruit. Christ's character being lived out through us. Listen to what that looks like. This is starting in verse 9 and it's printed in your bulletin as well. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lonely. Do not, be, do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God for the people of God. So I put this uh, passage, I've broken it down, broken it apart into a list that we're going to put up on the screen. Uh, this is a list that I know you can't really read from where you're sitting, at least maybe not all of it, uh, because it's small, but this is a list that uh, is all of the different things that are in this scripture passage. So even if you can't see what's on the screen, each one of these things is in the scripture that's printed in your bulletin. And this is one of those lists that's important to read over and over and over and over. And if you look at it closely, you'll see that this is one of the places in scripture that is one command after another command after another command. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lie in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in fear and prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. It goes on and on and on. Uh, there's one scholar who named this passage the 30 imperatives. A list of 30 commands, 30 things that we must do 
But remember the frame we've been using to talk about character. Character doesn't begin with you. Character doesn't begin with us. Character begins with Christ. It's not about what we do. It's about what Christ does in us. So character doesn't happen when you work harder or dig deeper or put more pressure on yourself. Character is not something you manufacture. Character is something that Christ produces through you. This is the image of the vine and the branches. Christ is the vine, we are the branches. And character happens when we stay connected to Christ. When we abide in the vine so that the life of the vine flows through us, the branches, and bears good fruit. This is the fruit. This is the fruit of being connected to Christ, the outward and visible sign that we are abiding in Christ. And the payoff, the payoff of this fruit is relational. Remember, part of the message of Romans 12 is that God created us to be in relationship, like a body, to cooperate with one another, not to compete against each other. So, so when love is genuine, and when we hate evil, and when we hold fast to what is good, when there's mutual affection, when we show honor, when we have hope and patience, when we're generous and welcoming. In other words, when we have Christ's character flowing through us, our relationships flourish. The one body God made us to be is healthy and productive. But when we don't have character, when we neglect what is good, when we put ourselves on a pedestal, when we look for payback, when we seek revenge, when we don't have Christ's character in and flowing through us, our relationships suffer. Now, it's no different than a car's engine. A car's engine is this complex system of parts, all the parts designed to fit perfectly and interact perfectly with each other, the bearings, the rods, the pistons, all the other parts I don't know about. All these parts are designed to fit and work beautifully together, and they require oil, lubrication, to make all the parts work the way they're supposed to work. And here's the thing about a car engine. You take out the oil. The very same parts that were designed to fit together beautifully and perfectly end up destroying each other. And your car engine blows up. The, the parts created to be together, the parts created to fit together and work together, end up destroying each other. That's why a, a couple can come down to the altar and get married, make a covenant for God, and in front of all their people, and in front of all their friends, say with complete sincerity, you were made for me, I was made for you, I love you more than anyone else in the world, and then five years later, that same couple ends up hating each other. They're, they're the person they hate more than any other person in the world, and how does that happen? How can a couple that knows they were made for each other, that loves each other, end up hating each other, end up destroying each other? It's because character is the oil of relationships. When the fruits of Christ's character are absent from the equation, when the list gets lost, people who were made for each other end up destroying each other. It happens in marriages, yes. It happens also in other relationships, in every relationship between parents and children, with your coworkers, with friends at school, with your neighbors. When Christ's character is present in us, relationships flourish because love is genuine and we hate evil. And we hold fast to what is good, there's mutual affection, we show honor, we have hope and patience, we're generous and welcoming, but when we are not those things, when Christ's character is absent from us, we who were created to be together become separated from one another. We begin hating each other, we even end up destroying each other. Scholars have called this passage the 30 imperatives. Do these things. And that's one way to read it, but I don't think it's the only way to read it. 
Because what we're learning about character is that you can't just make it happen. This is what happens through us because Christ is alive in us. These are outward behaviors that are evidence that our hearts, our minds, and our souls are being renewed in Christ's image. But, and this is important, but we have to stop thinking of this as a to-do list. This is not a to-do list, and for as long as we think of this as a to-do list, we'll keep getting stuck in the trap of thinking that we uh, have to do more, have to do better, and then we end up feeling like we're no good because we end up failing at those things, and we never get it right, and we never get it all done, but that's not how character works. This isn't a to-do list. It's more like a multi-point inspection. So I just my car in for an oil change last week because we know how important oil is for the proper functioning of a car's engine, and my car very helpfully has what they call a maintenance minder light. It's just a little light that comes out, not when there's anything wrong, but when it's time to get your oil changed. Next to it, right, and there's a little number next to it that tells me all the other things that need to happen, but I took the car in to get the oil changed, and the place I take my car for service does what they call a multi-point inspection. Uh, so they look for signs of wear and tear on the battery and on the wipers and on the filters and all sorts of other things that usually need some sort of attention. And they take a look at all these things because these are important markers for how healthy a car is right now. And attending to those things with preventive maintenance right now makes it less likely that I'm going to have a severe breakdown somewhere down the road. They look at all these things because they know it's important for my car's health now and for the future health of my car. So this list from Romans 12, this is a 30-point inspection for our lives, a quick way to evaluate how well Christ's character is growing in us and flowing through us. So did you hear the difference? This is not a to-do list. These are all things, when Christ's character is flourishing in us, these are all things that will flow out from us. But this is not a do this, do this, do this, do this. This is a check, a multi-point inspection to see how well we are connected to Christ. So look at the list, right? You've got it on the screen, you've got it in your bulletin. Look at the list. And look at it for your life, not for somebody else's life. Look at it for your life. Which of these things are happening in your life? Are you holding fast to what is good? The people that you're in relationships with, are you affectionate toward them? Do you show them honor and respect? Are you showing hospitality to strangers? Are you living peaceably with everyone around you, not seeking revenge? Now, some of these certainly are happening in your life. They, they happen every day. Some others might not be present at all. I guess that most of them are a work in progress. Sometimes they are, sometimes not. But if you do this multi-point inspection on your life and you notice that none of them are present, that's a maintenance monitor, that maybe it's time to connect or reconnect with the vine, to reconnect with Christ. If you do this multi-point inspection and you notice that most of them are very rarely present in your life, that's a maintenance minder. That there's probably some big old stuff still hanging around in your heart, mind, and soul that God needs to scrape off or pull out so that the renovation can move forward and you can be made new in Christ. So take this list home. And when you have a few minutes, do a quick multi-point inspection on your life, not to make yourself feel bad, not to make yourself feel good, not to put more things on your to-do list, but just to understand a little bit more clearly how Christ's character is being produced through you. And whatever you find, it will be good to know. 
Because then you can ask God to multiply those things, those character traits that seem to be present already. And you can ask God to continue working in you and on you so that, so that those traits that seem to be missing just now will grow in you. And that you'll bear even more good fruit, the fruit of Christ our Lord. And so next week, we're going to come back and we're going to wrap up this whole series. We're going to take a close look at Jesus' life, some of the lies that the world told him how his character helped him to tell the truth in the face of those lies and how we can do the same today.